The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are. Man, I love the people of Africa. Here we are in Joburg, and praise God. I got to tell you, I love it because you guys are, you're strong, man. You're strong people. There's strong people, strong men, strong women. It takes strong men and strong women to get the will of God done. It does. So we're going to jump into some things tonight. My name is Joseph Z. I'm very privileged to be here with you. I'm uh, very privileged to be here with uh, my wonderful friends, Pastor Tafara and Chipo. And I believe that God's going to do a mighty work in many people's lives. And um, is this your first time being at Faith Hill, anybody? First time here? Well, it's such a blessing to be here. It's my first time other than Sunday being here. And so I'm thrilled to be here with you. And I believe God's going to touch you mightily tonight. Amen. And uh, I really do. I have a sense in my spirit for it. And Amen. we're going to do a little bit of teaching, and then we're going to jump into some ministry. Amen. And I believe God's going to touch people in the house. So. Praise God. My wife Heather and I have a ministry called Z Ministries uh, over in Colorado in the United States. We travel the world. We minister in the church, the government, and the marketplace, and we touch areas of entertainment. And we do these, these things because it's what God has sent us to do. And uh, for many years, uh, God's called me to be like a voice for him, to speak his word, prophesy to people, and do some of those things. And I got to tell you, uh, I didn't want to do that when I first got called. I really didn't. I wanted to be a respectable teacher like Pastor Tafara. <laughs> I wanted to just teach and, and do those things and um, went to Bible college, got formally trained in the Bible and theology and all these things. But I'll tell you what, uh, traveling the world and doing it, I never wanted the term prophet on my life. Uh, I don't know if, if somebody ever leads with, you know, hi, how are you? Well, I'm prophet so-and-so. Right there, you yeah. just kind of want to go, hold on a moment and, uh, you know, talk to the hand, you know. But you, I, I'm not big on titles, but God, I believe, equips us according to our, our mission, our mandate, their job descriptions. Yeah, Apostles and right. prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, we're job, to, it's just a job description. Yeah, that's right. And we're called to do this as servants to you. And we're, we're called to serve one another. What we should say is with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, is right next to that should be biggest servants. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> we're here to serve people. And, and there's been a lot of teaching in the body of Christ and the world and over the years, especially around the term prophet, especially around the term prophet. There's been a lot of weird stuff going on with that, and prophet comes with kind of a mystical, weird, goofy connotation, you know, and uh, just because somebody shakes and, and jerks around and says something doesn't mean they're a prophet. It might mean they're weird, but it doesn't mean they're a prophet. And I believe in clear-eyed, clear-minded, prophetic people coming Amen. forward. Yeah, that's right. Amen? Amen? That can actually have good people skills. Yeah, that's it. Imagine that. Yep. Prophetic good. people with good people skills. Yeah, Isn't that something? <laughs> Praise God. We were in some meetings a while back, and they said they were a prophet, so they'd slap people. And I was like, I was like that, just means, <laughs> that just means you're mean. It doesn't mean you're a prophet. So we have a lot of things to do. I've been called by God since I was uh, like nine years old. Um, when I was a boy, I used to live on a very large ranch, and we, we raised cattle. 
and did things. And on this ranch, I began to hear God's voice audibly when I was a young boy. And I would hear his voice shouted over the treetops at me. And I, I just began to experience things with the Lord where I had visions and dreams as a young boy. I'd have encounters with things. And the truth of it was, I thought everybody was just like that. Wow. My whole life, when I was young, I thought everybody had these experiences. And I can remember, you know, standing next to people and information about them would come to me. And I just thought everybody was like that. So it made me kind of introverted, um, where I wouldn't want to talk to people because I thought, oh, no, you know, they'll know what I'm feeling also. And so I had these kind of experiences many times in my life. And uh, through that, it was a, uh, a challenge for me. When I got older, I began to discover the Bible, began to discover some things, gave my life to Jesus. As a matter of fact, giving my life to Jesus, is, it cost me um, my family. My family, part of them, threw me out. They said, we don't want you here. I'm going to move this up just a little. Is this okay? Use the force, Luke. All right. Some, uh, all right, good. Some of you are like, right on. Okay. So... We realized this, though, is that I began to have an encounter with the Lord at a young age, and I had experiences after experiences where I gave my life to Jesus. And when I gave my life for Jesus, my experiences actually increased. They became more intense. Every time I'd walk into a church, demons would manifest in people. I don't know if that, that'll get your attention. Yeah, you, walk into, you walk into a church, and all of a sudden somebody's like, yeah, you know, it, it gets your attention. They're just like, you know, right? You know, it's like... That was too much, but you recognize that, that people, <laughs> you realize, though, that demons, you know, would manifest. I'd walk into, into, into fuel stations or petrol stations and walk in, and demons would manifest in people. And I began to have this experience. I was like, Lord, why, why are these things happening? And the Lord began to show me is because at that time, I'd begin to take in the whole New Testament, read it all the way through about once a week. And uh, I, would, I would pound through the New Testament, just read it just voraciously and get a hold of it. And it began to change my life. And then I began to connect up with prophetic voices. We travel around the world and uh, do prophetic training all over the world. For about 20 years, I've raised up prophets all over the world and, uh, and done some of those things. In the church, in the government, in the marketplace, we meet with ambassadors to nations, many different nations. We meet with leaders in government, um, you know, Congress people in the United States, all the way to uh, you know, different ambassadors in different countries. And so it's, it's wonderful and all these things were great, and we began to have a ministry of the prophetic that was amazing for a lot of people, dazzling things that would be said and encountered. And the thing that changed my life the most during this whole time, even though we had all these powerful encounters, prophetic experiences, I'd have dreams, then the next day those dreams would happen. I'd begin to walk into places, see the color of a room, know somebody's name when I showed up, those kind of things. And... Through all those encounters, I found that I began to develop an attitude of a Pharisee. I knew that would bless you guys. I began to develop an attitude of a Pharisee. I, I began to think it was all about gifting and all about doing what God wanted us to do to, to just, you know, show how strong gifting can be and, and walk around in the power of God, you know, and walk into meetings and be like, what's up, you know, and... And instead of doing that, the Lord one day began to lead me down a pathway through, quite frankly, a lot of the teachings of Andrew Womack. And I, I began to go down this journey. And one day I was sitting in a meeting, and the Holy Spirit apprehended me in the meeting. And I began to hear people teaching on how much God loves you. 
how, how the goodness of God, his goodness is just so powerful and how he, he's not in a bad mood and all these things. And I'm thinking, this doesn't really line up with my gifting, you know. I'm thinking, my gifting's amazing and I need to be like full of gifting, you know. And, and in this moment, though, the Holy Spirit came over me and all of a sudden I began to weep. And I'm a guy that was not a crying person. Okay, I really grew up tough and, and uh, rejected by family. So I was very tough and really relied on gifting and strength more than the grace of God. And in that moment, I began to weep and weep some more. And somebody got up in these meetings to just receive an offering. I began to weep. They got up to do communion. I began to weep. They, they said, you know, they'd say anything like, Jesus loves you. I began to weep. And, and I had a team of tough guys with me, Pastor Tafar, a bunch of guys, you know. And they're looking at me. They're like, Brother Z, are you okay? <laughs> and you're crying again. We don't ever see you cry, you know. And, and so I'm crying. I'm just like, <laughs> and it wasn't like the kind of crying where it's like the dignity crying you know what I'm talking about it was the ugly face crying where you're like ah! you know you just really you know really horrible crying and and I did that for two days two days in these meetings and I just I was embarrassed to be around people and all that and when I was done weeping done crying the Holy Spirit said to me I said God why why did I cry like that what was this about and he said you cried out got rid of the spirit of a Pharisee. I had to get, I, you cried out the tears of a Pharisee. In other words, it's like God just purged me of self-righteousness, you know? And like we always like to say, it's not like we've arrived, but at least we understand some things better than we used to, right? Yeah, and so I began to see the New Testament in a whole new light. And this is several years ago. And the Lord took me on this journey and then actually sat me down for ministry shortly after that. And we had a ministry where we were reaching thousands and thousands of people all over the world doing broadcasts, uh, planting churches everywhere. I would take a whole studio team of television people with me, and we would travel all over the United States and the nations with TV cameras and, and vehicles and all this to, to live broadcast uh, to different areas. And so we built up a church network. And I'll never forget the day the Lord came to me. I was standing on a mountain, somewhere on the side of a mountain in Colorado, and I'm standing there, and the Holy Spirit said to me, because I just had the biggest opportunity I'd ever been given to preach somewhere, and it was to a stadium, in a giant stadium. And in the stadium, I was going to be the number one speaker there. I was going to open it up with a prophetic conference, and they'd already promoted it. We'd paid for our tickets. We'd done everything. And the Holy Spirit said to me, said, you can go, and I'll bless it. But I'd also like to give you the opportunity to stay and minister to your family. And I was like, uh, good morning. And, uh, and, and I was also, I, I was also, <laughs> I was also thinking, my goodness, God, what are you saying? Because, you know, when God gives you an option, when God gives me options, I've learned with God, if you'll do the difficult option, he'll do the impossible. If you'll do the difficult, he'll do the impossible. And. God said, you can go and I'll bless it. Son, I'll bless it. You know my word doesn't return void. I'll send you and I'll bless it. But if you do this, it'll be better for your household and your family and your marriage and your children. And I have two awesome children. My wife and I do together. And in this time, the Lord spoke to me and I said, okay, God, I'm going to do the difficult and I'm going to not go and do that stadium meeting. And I'm going to stay back. There's thousands of people there. It was going to be this thing. It's kind of like, you know, when preachers do ministry, you're looking for this opportunity to get to that, that big moment. This was it. Wow. 
And I had to, I poured it out like water before the Lord, like David in the cave, right? I poured it out. And the Lord just, just I said, God, I'm not going to go. And I told my team, they said, we've already booked everything. We've done this. Everything's there. And we didn't go. And even the people that invited me, Pastor, they said, why aren't you coming? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a reason. You know? And I'm thinking I'll never be back. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so in that moment, I began to do that. And then we just literally let all of our ministry go for about four years about four years, and we lived on a mountain, literally, we lived on a mountain, and we were there, and during that time, we just, we just laid it all down before the Lord, and uh, we had lots of partnerships, those went away, we had things, and we lived on a mountain, and we ate chicken eggs for, for a while, it was awesome, <laughs> you know, some of you are like, really, <laughs> so, so then my, uh, my children, though, I began to take them to their school in the morning, I began to spend time with them. My wife and I became very close, and she'd almost died. Many of you might know Heather's testimony. She almost died. She had double kidney failure. It was hereditary from her family. And her kidneys almost, you know, they shut off. They quit working. And she had gotten a transplant, a new kidney. Jesus then healed her of many different things. And during that time, we just kind of recovered with the Lord and spent time after all the busy season we had. And I said, God, am I really called to ministry? It's been four years. I'm just sitting here, and I'd go speak here, speak there. And a few years ago, the Lord came to me and said, I want you to start broadcasting uh, from your barn at a barn on our property. And I'd go there, and I'd use my cell phone and go on Facebook, and the Lord began to teach me in that season how to go from being an outcast to being a broadcast. Because oh, wow. <laughs> I felt like an outcast. It's like I used to minister. I used to kind of you know, think I was a big deal. And now I realize I'm nobody. Praise the Lord. And, and, and then the Lord finally said to me, Pastor, he said, now I can use you. Now I can use you. And, and today, I no longer lead with gifting. We lead with the gospel. We lead with the gospel. And any prophet or any fivefold ministry, the most immature level of prophetic you'll ever see is somebody that leads with gifting. Or they try to tell people what to do and intimidate them. Uh, just because they have a gift, big deal. Big deal. If you lead with the gospel, that's character. Amen? That's knowing Jesus. Jesus led with the message. The message. The gifts should point to Jesus. The gift should point to the message. The gift should never point to a man or get you to be under the control or the thumb of a man or a woman, uh, make you feel like you got to do what they say because they have a special connection to God. You have a special connection to God. Everybody in this room has a special connection to God. Come on. That's the deal. <laughs> and so we'd go through this stuff, and um, finally the Lord just began to minister to me. He said, okay. I'll never forget, I was praying and seeking the Lord, and I was, in a, uh, one of my, I was in a vehicle sitting down by a building, and I'm praying, and as I'm doing this and I'm praying, the Holy Spirit came to me, and there's three times in my life the Holy Spirit has visited me tangibly, uh, where I'd have a, a, a supernatural encounter where I was afraid to look next to me because I knew I could almost touch God, okay, like physically, palpable where he was there. He was like, uh, I don't want to look over there. It's kind of holy and awesome and, and all that. One of the times was the first time I, uh, I was going to marry Heather, my wife Heather, who's awesome. Yeah, she she, she's my favorite preacher. She's just, <laughs> she's, and so and next time we come here, we'll be together. We'll have a great time. But, but so she, I was, I was asking God if I should marry Heather. And the Lord literally uh, filled up my vehicle and showed me, said, you can marry Heather or not marry Heather. What do you want to do, Joseph? 
and the presence of God filled up my vehicle. And it was so, I was actually terrified. I was like, why would you do that, God? I was like, I, I said, why would you do that? And I said, God, I love Heather. I, I want to I marry her. And uh, we were seeking God if we really should get married or not. We wanted to know if it was God's will. And I'm driving down the road, and I don't know how I stayed on the road, but the presence of God was so strong in the vehicle. And he said to me, um, you can do what you want to do. I give you a choice. You could do it or not do it. What do you want to do, son? And I was like, I kind of like Heather. <laughs> I, actually tried, I actually tried to say, you choose, God, you choose. And he was like, no, you choose. And, and uh, I said, all I said is, well, I kind of like Heather. And then the presence lifted. And I was like, did I do something wrong, you know? And uh, the next day, she came, she said, I believe God said we're supposed to get married. Amen. And I said, funny thing, so do I. And... <laughs> And then shortly after this, we, we had, that was a, my first encounter like that. The second one was Heather was dying. She was dying. She was in what they, you know, a dialysis unit. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But they had dialysis unit. Many of you might know people or have been through that. But uh, they would cycle her blood. They would do these things to keep her alive. She'd have to go several times a week for several hours and have tubes put in her body all the way to her heart to keep her living. And uh, they would cleanse her blood, and it was terrible and all that. And it had been going on for about two and a half years. Uh, she'd been doing this. And finally, I came to this parking lot in her dialysis center, and I'm in the parking lot. And as I'm sitting there, I'm exhausted. I was preaching all over the world. We were taking these media teams everywhere, prophesying to people. And these things were happening. And that second time, I'm in my vehicle, and the Holy Spirit flooded the vehicle again, several years after the first time. And it was so powerful. And I, I, I actually was kind of taken back because the power is so strong. Every hair on my body stood up. I was afraid to look to the left or the right. I'm like, God is here, you know. And the presence of God was there. And then I'll never forget the Lord spoke to me from his presence. And he said, I just want to look at you for a moment. Come here. I just, I just want to look at you. I'll never forget that. God said that to me. I just want to look at you. And then he said, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. And, of course, I began to weep. And, I, you're amazing, God, and all that. And the presence is so strong. And then, then it lifted. And, and then a third time was after I'd stepped down and taken a you know, time away from ministry with my family. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go into business. I'm not going to do ministry. I'm going to step back. I'll minister as I can. But I'll, I'll just do business. And I stepped back. And in that time, I was sitting there in my vehicle and all of a sudden, the presence, this third time, filled up my vehicle. And this is a third time, and just a few years ago. The presence of God filled up my vehicle, and I was watching an amazing preacher named Jesse Duplantis. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brother Jesse. Yep. And I'm watching Jesse, and all of a sudden, the Lord came through that, that teaching and into my vehicle, and God began to speak to me and said, you know what I've called you to do. I've called you to be a prophet. And I said, okay. I'll do it, Jesus. And I sat there and cried and screamed for about an hour because the presence of God was so strong. You say, scream? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're in the presence of God at that intensity, your, your natural flesh doesn't know what to do. I'm just telling you, when people are like, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, hey, Jesus. No, you ain't. No. No, you're going to be like, ah! No, I mean, no, you'll, you'll actually... <laughs> If Jesus walked in this room and I'd be like, how you doing, Jesus? No, you would not. Now, if he walked in as the man of God, the man of God that's seated next to the Father, yes, we'd be like, hey, Jesus, we love you. But if he walked in in his glory and his presence, 
People are like, I'd just watch him. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, you would. You'd be on the floor screaming, he's holy. That's what you'd be doing. And so that's, that's God. He's awesome. And so in that process, I remember from there, I began to study the word. I'd had this revelation of grace in that time period where I cried and things changed me. And I'm, I'm sitting there studying one day and seeking the Lord. And I still laugh when I say this right now. But I remember reading and studying. And all of a sudden, I'm in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And I begin to recognize that ministry is about people. Yeah, that's right. That's very true. And it sounds really funny saying that. Like, I've been ministering for, you know, like 20, 28 years now. I've been ministering full-time for 28 years. And I'm in that, yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden, I realize ministry is about people. It's not about building yourself. It's not about building a ministry. It's not about prophesying. It's about the people of God getting to know their God. And it began to touch me. And so I was like, Lord, it's about people. So I still laugh when I think of that. Ministry is about people. Praise God. So we're here to serve. I came here to serve you. I came here to be a servant to you, stand with you. And I'm going to talk about the office of the prophet a little bit tonight. Is that all right? We're going to jump into that. Then we're going to minister. And I believe God's stirring me already for some of you in this room. But I believe this. The office of the prophet should be a ministry of serving. A ministry of serving. Now, we'll do this again later this week, God willing. But everybody, put your hands out like this, if you would. Put your hands out with me like this. How many of you know we all have gifts, different giftings? Right? We all have different giftings, and we all function uniquely. Let's go ahead and fold our hands together like that. See our hands together? Okay. So we have a very good crowd in here tonight. How many of you have your left thumb over your right, right thumb? Raise your hand. How many of you? Yep, your left thumb is over your right thumb, like this. Yeah, so this is your left hand. <laughs> okay, okay, about that. Now, how many have your right thumb over your left thumb? There's the other half of the room. It's about 50-50 in every, every audience. Now, now, as you're doing this and you're looking at your hands like this, hold your hands again. Hold your hands. See them? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to unfold them and cross it the opposite way from how you had it before. Doesn't that feel magnificent? Doesn't that feel great? No? It doesn't feel really good, does it? Strange feeling there. Give it a squeeze. Yeah. Now, now, now let me ask you something about this. Is this wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's just different, right? It's different. It's not the same. So what you begin to understand is, we can stop the exercise now, amen? Uh, what you begin to understand is, is that everybody's a little bit different. Just because we do something different doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means it's not comfortable for you. Your gifts might be different to someone else, and someone else's gifts might be different to you. you know? And ultimately, the gifts you have, and we're going to talk about a lot of gifting this week and a lot of things, the gifts you possess are a lot like a breath mint. You know what breath mints do, right? Yeah. You pop it in your mouth. You get a little, little wintry, fresh flavor, a little snappy, peppermint, you know, refreshing flavor, right? Yeah. But ultimately, we all know, although it tastes good, it's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Your gift is like a breath mint. And God... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> so you recognize that when you have that, it's for other people. It's to begin to minister to other people. You might enjoy it, but it's not for you. So here's how gifting works. Gifting, <laughs> some of you are like, 
Yeah, I know. I lost many right there. <laughs> so we've got to begin to recognize this. Now, when we're talking about the office of the prophet, I want to demystify it a little bit today. Now, I have a teaching series on my website at josephz.com. You can check it out. I have all kinds of teaching on the office of the prophet, demystifying the prophet, and prophecy. I have three different series, and you can check that out there if you're interested. Um, but saying that to say is that prophecy and the office of the prophet are not one and the same. Do you guys know that? That just because somebody prophesies does not make them a prophet. Should we get down to it tonight? Yeah, let's do it. Just because somebody prophesies does not make them a prophet. And there's a lot of people, just because they give words of knowledge or clarity and all that, uh, it doesn't make them a prophet. I actually had this conversation with Andrew Womack. I asked him point blank because the Lord showed me that Andrew Womack himself is a prophet. And so I came to him and I said, Andrew, I'm hanging out with him for a moment. I said, Andrew, um, I know that you're a prophet. He's like, yep, that's true, Joseph. I'm a prophet. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And I said, said, Andrew, so what does that mean to you? Does that set, you know, what does that mean? He's like, well, prophets are called to mobilize people. They're mobilizers. And I said, I know. That's what it is. It's not just about prophesying. It's about mobilizing people with like a a strong shout to get them to do the will of God. Okay? Now, do they move in these gifts? Yes. But it says in 1 Corinthians 13, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, it says in all these scriptures that literally we should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that we might prophesy. That means this. All of us can prophesy. Did you know there's some people that have stronger prophetic gifting than people that are in the office of the prophet? Wow. Didn't know that. That can happen. Wow. Yeah. So just because someone prophesies with power does not make them a prophet. Now, I'm going to try to break this down for us just a little bit here. Let's go in our Bibles. If we brought our Bibles. I left Pastor Tafar this morning. This is my Bible. Amen. <laughs> this is the Word of God. I believe all of it. I believe it from Genesis to maps. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love you, man. You guys are blessed with some of the greatest pastors I know. I really mean it. Pastor Tafar and Chipo, um, you know, I, I, I mean this with sincerity and great affection in my heart. But when I come here, this is like Wakanda to me. I mean, this is Wakanda forever, man. I love you guys. I love you guys. I'm serious. God, God showed me that. I was, I was praying over them one day, and the Lord began to show me. Uh, you know, King T'Challa, right? And, and God began to show me this. I said, that's who these guys are. What kind of our life? Come on. It was powerful. So if we could, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 very quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. It says here, um, just looking at it very quickly, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go down to uh, verse, mm, let's get a running start. I'll just read it to you in verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says here, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse 8, Ephesians 4, verse 8. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. It says, Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Verse 9, Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Verse 10 of Ephesians 4, He who descended is also in the heavens. 
is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Let's go on in verse 12, where it says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So there's two things the Holy Ghost showed me about this. One was equipping, and the other one was edifying. If your prophetic ministry is not equipping and edifying a part of the body of Christ, you are not in a five-fold ministry. So I'll say it another way. Every five-fold ministry, and specifically prophets, if they're prophesying, but it's not like an assignment to a segment of the body of Christ to equip them and to edify them for their own work and ministry, then they are just prophetic and not a prophet. In other words, they do not have responsibility over or a voice over a select group of people on the planet. It's, it's literally about responsibility. So you can have somebody, and I'm going to draw a couple things on the board here. Let me write this stuff down for you very quickly. Uh, I think this will really help you. Um, let me just try to get this for you. I think it will help you greatly. Um, I'll write this on the board. Everybody see this okay so far? I'll move this awesome podium. Praise Jesus. Let me draw, uh, write down four different types of prophet. This will help you tonight, okay? Four different types of prophet. All right? Everybody say four. Four. Okay, here we go. Let's start out. There is the roe. Okay? Roe. And then there's the, uh, the chesa. The chose. And then the navi. Okay? You see that okay? Let me talk about this. There's four different types of prophetic flow you see in the Word of God. And the reason I'm showing this to you is because next time somebody comes and they're all spooky and mystical with the prophetic, <laughs> you, can, you can begin to recognize that they might have a gift somewhere in this spectrum, but just because somebody prophesies does not make them a prophet. I have a really high standard for what makes somebody a prophet. It takes about 20 years to build a good prophet. takes about 20 years. Gifting's not enough. Everybody say it out loud. Gifting, Gifting. Is, not is not enough. If you feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps, Ooh, Mufasa, that's not, that's not enough. That's not enough, right? Not enough. You guys, come on. So you recognize this. Rowe means this. Rowe is a visionary. These are all prophetic terms, all right? Rowe is a visionary, and I should say it this way, a mobilizer. All right? Chesa, well, let's just jump down to this. Let's jump down to uh, the bottom one, Navi. Navi means this. It's a, um, a proclaimer. Now, there's a lot I want to say about this, because I'm going to break this down for you really well. I think this will really help you tonight. A proclaimer, and it's also a forth teller. And then I should also say that a Navi prophet is also one that bubbles up. They're, they're full of inspiration, okay? They're full of inspiration. Now, I'm going to draw these ones here in, in this other color because it's uh, these are the scary ones, okay? <laughs> this is where we get into it. Um, Chesa, 
means to gaze. Okay? It means to gaze, and when you're gazing at something, uh, you begin to also mentally perceive. Uh, I before E, except after C. I nailed that one. Um, and you recognize this. Then you realize choza also means a beholder, okay? This means to behold. I'm going to talk about all these. And uh, it also means to peer or lean forward. Meaning the future. Okay, I wanted this to write this down so you could see it, so I didn't just say it and then run away from you on it, you know? Um, when we're discussing this, you realize something about it. In the New Testament, John the Baptist was a roe mobilizer, right? John the Baptist, they would go out in the wilderness to see him, and John very little prophesied to people. He wasn't given a lot of prophecy. He was prophesying, he was a visionary, and he was a proclaimer. He was a Roe and a Navi. And most people with large prophetic platforms are Roe Navi. And they occasionally go here. They occasionally go here. Now let me talk about these. I'll go through each one of them very quickly. Roe is a visionary mobilizer like John the Baptist or like those that would say, you know, walk the way of the Lord, come this way. They preach with power and they have one message usually. Remember John the Baptist's message? Repent. <laughs> He's like, repent! And he'd wear that really itchy clothes, you know? Repent! You know, all that stuff. He's eating honey and wild locusts. Yeah, repent! You know, that's John the Baptist. He's, he's just, you know, that kind of guy. His ministry was repent ministries. And, and Jesus is, even Jesus is like, wow, you know? And, uh, and John the Baptist, now I'm going to say this about John the Baptist. You study this out and see how you come to a conclusion on it. Don't just go there because I say this. But please hear me with ears of discernment. I believe John the Baptist was an immature prophet. Should I give a little backfill to that statement? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> uh, I believe he was an immature prophet because I believe he was supposed to follow Jesus. And in his process, sometimes these visionary mobilizers, they are so struck by a spirit of holiness that they go and they fight battles they should not fight. They go pick fights they shouldn't fight. Nowhere did the Bible say John was supposed to go confront Herod. But he did and ended up in prison. And it ended up costing him his head. And Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended at me. Now, I believe John the Baptist, without going too far down it, I believe he was the greatest Old Testament prophet because he got to declare Jesus is coming. He was great. But then we stepped into the new covenant, and any one of us is greater than him. Right? He was greatest among prophets, but the least of us is better than him because we have the Holy Ghost living in us. John the Baptist did not. So when you recognize this, he was a roe, a visionary mobilizer that also was very immature in the New Testament, in my opinion. Now, you study that, and you come to the conclusion that you come to, okay? And so you recognize that. Then, then let's go through this. Let's jump down to Chaza. Chaza is a, one of the two scary ones. These are the two scary prophetic gifts. Chaza is word of knowledge. This is where you start flowing in word of knowledge. You see Agabus do it. You see some of the ones that begin to flow, the prophets that came down from Antioch with words of encouragement, those kind of things, and those kind of touch on all these. You'll see people in the prophetic that have majors and minors in this spectrum. Okay? And these four gifts do not make you a prophet. Wow. Remember, what makes you a prophet? Responsibility to a segment of the body of Christ. 
Okay? Some people say you've got to have these many vocal gifts, you've got to have this, stand on one leg, do that, blah, 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 blah. It's all confusing. You don't really know what they're talking about. And now you're a prophet. No. What makes you a prophet is God puts his marking on you and you are responsible for a segment and you have a grace to set people in order and lead them to Jesus in the body. Right? It's not how good you prophesy. Prophets, you cannot be a prophet without being prophetic. But you don't have to be a prophet if you are prophetic. In other words, if you're prophetic, it doesn't make you a prophet. If you are a prophet, you have to be prophetic, though. Does that make sense? Okay. So we realize this. Chaza means to gaze or mentally perceive. You know, you see this in the Word of God. When the man of God looked at that king that was dying, remember? Or at the man who was about to become king, the soldier, the leader of the army. I think it was Elisha. Stared at him, and he stared at him until the guy became uncomfortable. And then finally he broke into tears and said, I see you're going to become king and, and hurt all these people. But he stared at him until the vision came. That's word of knowledge. That's gaze until you mentally perceive. And I could break this down for an hour on what, how this works, and I could talk to you about how your mind operates with your spirit, and God will put pictures in your mind, and you learn to discern what that is. Like, if, like Pastor said on Sunday, he said, you know, if I say apple, you see an apple. And that's right. If I say apple, now a little green leaf on the apple stem, you, you can see that. Your word of knowledge works a lot like that, right? But what you've done is you've, you begin to let yourself be filled with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, crafting that, so then when you see something, you have a discernment that says yes or no, is this from God or not, okay? Anyway, a lot there. But chaza means to gaze or mentally perceive. Chose, very quickly. Chose means to behold or peer and lean forward. It means this. It means that a prophet will come under the influence of the Holy Spirit and look into the distance. And they look with the eyes of their heart, their physical eyes, and their supernatural eyes. And I'm not just talking about the weirdos that give you the thousand-yard stare. <laughs> you know? I should say thousand-meter stare, right? Yeah, it's literally, they begin to do that, and they stare out there like that. And I'm telling you right now, God truly has anointed people to do this. You say, what does that mean? It means they look, they peer, they lean forward into the future. They can look into the future. And you say, I don't know if that's in the Bible. Well, Agabus did it, and so did John the Revelator from the book of Revelation. He saw things to come. He looked straight into the future. He saw stuff. You know, there's a lot I could teach on about that. Navi, let's get to this one. Navi, Navi is a proclaimer, a foreteller, and their number one way they work is through the bubbling up of revelation. In other words, they just kind of open their mouth and God gives them what to say. And uh, it's, it's a teaching gift. It's an inspirational, revelatory teaching gift. Every single morning when I go live on Facebook for an hour and a half, hour sometimes, God tells me what to say before I say it every day. And it's a Navi revel. It's a revelatory teaching. And people, you know, if you don't do this, it's hard to keep up with that kind of teaching gift because it's not really you doing it. You just wake up and read the notes. That's how I teach every day on Facebook. Navi. So when you see these, you begin to recognize there's majors and minors, you know. So my major and my minors, I would say my major is, is uh, these two together, and then my minors are here. And I begin to see things at times. I begin to recognize things. And the Lord had to take me out of I was focusing on these two and start to bring me into more of this to teach the Word of God. Isn't that good? Yeah, and that's the way it works. So when you start to understand this, you go, okay, so one more time, I'm going to say this really clear because I want this driven into our Holy Ghost mindset, okay? 
the Holy Ghost mindset is this. Just because someone prophesies and they point at you and they tell you things and you're like amazed by it does not mean they are a prophet. Okay? It means that they have a prophetic word and the Holy Ghost can tell all of us those kind of things. All of us. There's nobody special other than the fact that the Holy Ghost amplifies certain gifts to use them for certain assignments. Does that make sense? So I'll help you. This will break a spirit of control. And you see it a lot everywhere we go. I mean, when you realize, wait, God loves me as much as he loves that guy or that lady. I'm, I'm, as, I'm as anointed as they are because of Jesus, what he did. I'll tell you what, it'll break control and you'll never be manipulated. Isn't it terrible to be manipulated? And then you find out afterwards that you were kind of manipulated. That's the worst. The worst thing about, about being deceived is you don't know. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be deception, right? You're manipulation. And I think, I think a greater level of transparency in our gifts and in our callings is required. You know, I've been in so many meetings over the years where all of a sudden they're like, oh, the Holy Spirit is here. Oh, the Holy Spirit is here. You know, you're going down that thing, and all of a sudden they're like, wait, was that somebody, you know, people are moving around. The Holy Spirit has left the building. Are you out of your mind? He goes with me everywhere I go. The Holy Spirit's with me on the plane. He's with me, you know, in the morning. He's with me. When you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, good morning, Jesus. You know, the Holy Ghost is there, right? The Holy Ghost doesn't leave because there's some disruption or something. You imagine Jesus when he was ministering? Remember Jesus ministered? Do you think that he was like, when he saw the, the people, somebody needed to be healed of leprosy or needed a limb healed, do you think Jesus was like, okay, quickly, get me the keyboard? <laughs> I don't think he was like that. I think Jesus was like, Peter, move the donkey, you know, right? <laughs> Jesus was the happiest man who ever lived. Jesus is full of joy. He's full of life. He wants you to win more than you do. God is not a depressed God. And when prophets prophesy, there should be joy and hope and life. Praise God. 90% of prophecy should be edifying, comforting, and exhorting. I've been around a lot of what I call Old Testament prophets, Pastor Tafara. Old Testament prophets. And listen to me. If you fashion your gift, you can get really clear. As a matter of fact, I could teach on some things here. And I'll, I'll maybe the, later this week, if we have grace to do it, I'll, I'll teach more for it. But sometimes, some prophetic ministry is truly mentalism. Yep. Everybody okay? Yeah. Mentalism is where you, if you look at somebody and you're astute enough on the inside and you're, you're kind of doing those things you can actually get information that, although it's correct, it's not complete. Meaning this, let's imagine somebody saying, I really want to have a yellow car. Oh, I'm believing God for this yellow car. I'm believing God for this yellow car. And God has not graced them to get that in that time. Something like that, right? They're believing God for something. And all of a sudden, a prophetic person comes up, but because they, they go by the first image they see when they look at people, they give them a wrong word. And they say, God's giving you a yellow car. And it's not the voice of God. It's the desire of their heart projecting, and the prophet hits it, but it's not God. And so I I look at many people many times, and I see marks on their life. I see marks and and avenues. And listen, I've I've worked in this. I haven't arrived, okay? And if I miss it, I own it. I own it. And any prophet that says to you, I never miss it. Well, they just did. Because <laughs> I think actually God will allow prophetic people to miss it every now and then to keep them humble. Wow. Amen? 
God gives grace to the humble. Amen. And so you'll see markings on people's lives sometimes, these prophetic things. I've looked at people, and I see some of you here even. Uh, there's, there's markings sometimes that people get on their life that they were told a word from God. And sometimes those words are all right. And then every now and then people that they, they begin to gainsay and they tell people things that are actually well-wishing. And it's a little bit of mentalism. And it's what we call gainsaying. You begin to add to the word of God instead of tell them what the Holy Ghost is saying. And that's important. And I think that's a serious topic. And it's not taught anywhere right now. And it needs to be. It needs to be, because just because you can prophesy doesn't mean that it's accurate or doesn't mean that it's actually God. Even if what you say is true, it doesn't mean that it was the voice of God. So there's a line there of discernment that we got to teach people. we got to teach them. And you say, how do you do it? Through love and getting rid of self-promotion, through, through beginning to raise people up so they win, and you're looking at them to help them win, not just try to tell them something like pulling a bunny out of a hat. Right? Come on, people of God, right? Yes. Amen. Yes. So we recognize that. So I'm just trying to give a little groundwork here, and we're going to go for it. And uh, the truth is, is let's just love Jesus. Let's let Jesus love us. Yes. Let's get into the Holy Ghost. Let's begin to watch him uh, change our life and begin to amplify the call in our life by his voice. Jesus called me years ago to build lives by the voice of God. When people say, what's your ministry about? I build lives, build people by the voice of God which is the word of God, which is Jesus. You recognize God through his voice. He spoke and the world's reformed. Jesus is his voice, the word made flesh. You realize Jesus is the voice of God. And when we speak, there should be a sweetness. There should be clarity. People say, do you ever rebuke people? Yes, I do. But I never do it unless God really, I mean, commands me to do it in a meeting, ever. Uh, but there's been times I've had to go to people and say, come on. And there's many times I've had to rebuke people or I'm the one crying and they're staring at me. I'm the one crying because I know they're rebelling against God's call in their life or they're in blatant sin. And God loves you even if you're in sin, but the sin will destroy them, you know. And uh, sometimes you got to confront those things and that's part of my job. And sometimes my job's not fun, but I love my job because I love Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen? Praise God. So if you're prophetic, praise God, I believe God's going to stir some things up in you tonight in this meeting. God's going to begin to wake some things up in you. Some good things are beginning to come out of your life. Some of you, there's confusion on some minds right now. There's been confusion on people because you've heard mixed teaching. You've heard a lot of different forms of teaching on this, and it's easy to go after the sensational and miss the supernatural. And we're going to definitely have some wow moments and Holy Ghost moments in these meetings. But I want to tell you, God wants to meet you and he wants you to grow in the gospel and the grace of Jesus where you grow up in maturity. And then when you prophesy or hear a prophecy, you say, you know what? That was of God and that was not. Amen. 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 God is good. Oh, he's great. He loves you. Thank you, Jesus. The favor of God. The favor of God. Uh, everybody in this room right now, I, I just, um, let me pray. I sense something for some people right now, and it's this. There's been some prophetic confusion on some people, and uh, where you've heard things, you see things, and you, you get entangled with some prophetic stuff, and the Lord's just going to begin to set your mind and your heart free of some of that right now, in Jesus' name. Stop listening to people that are not preaching the gospel. I'm telling you, I've run with most of them. I know many of them. I'd rather listen to the gospel. So thank you, Jesus. So right now, there's just some people, even over here on this side, I just begin to release uh, a deliverance of confusion. 
prophetic things, any words where people have been hurt by prophetic words, God, we just release those right now, and we just bring in healing and wholeness and strength in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is well, it is well in the kingdom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. The Spirit of the Lord God is here. God's going to raise up sons and daughters in this place. He's going to send people around the world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Sir, back there, you have a hat on. You have a hat on right now. And God's called you. You have a lot of strength in the tank. You're a very strong man. You have strength and opinion and all these things. And God's raising you up. Yeah, that's you, brother. God's raising you up and he's calling you forward. I see like artwork that he's giving you to work with a great strength that he wants you to advance with. I see you working with your hands and bringing things to fruition or bringing things to manifestation in what you're called to do. The Lord is saying there's two months in front of you. These two months that are beginning to unfold for you are going to be filled with understanding, knowing where to step. And when the two months come to their conclusion, you're going to find yourself stepping into a fresh avenue of what you're called to do. And God's working that pathway out with you even right now. And the spirit of Jesus is saying, I love you. I'm going to bring you forward. And I see something about a lady, a a woman. And God's working out a process there. And this whole picture, God's beginning to open a door for clarity and favor, walking that out as well. The Lord says, I see, I know, and I'm going to bring you into all the fullness of what belongs to you. In Jesus' name. The Lord says, I am pleased with you. I saw some time ago, there was words from a man. Uh, these words have uh, gone, gone with you some seasons, and you've carried some words. And the Lord says, I'm going to change words that have been spoken towards you, and I'm going to release you into words of blessing. And I say over your life, I bless you, son. I speak victory over you, son. I'm proud of you, son. You're God's man. I stand with you all the way. You're going the distance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I speak blessing over you. Sir, you are God's man. You're like a lion on the inside, and God's going to raise you up with great power. I break all unbelief in things that have tried to come against you. This is your day. I say your job is going to increase. What you do with the work of your hands, God's prospering. In Jesus' name, I bless you. I I literally, I see coins coming to you. That means you're going to break through, brother. What you've been working on, it's going to break through. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. God bless you, sir. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Man, Jesus loves us. Thank you, Father. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Woman of God here, you have a teaching gift. You're anointed by God. You're marked by God with his teaching ability, what God's called you to do. You're literally anointed. I see God putting like a megaphone or a trumpet to your mouth, and you're beginning to proclaim and declare. And some people haven't known what to do with you because you have high energy faith. Like you literally, uh, when you stand up in the spirit of God, she does. You got the spirit of God that just proclaims. And, and literally, it's like it bursts out of you. And sometimes people don't know what to do with you. Because you have that strength about you. And you have a prophetic calling on your life. You have a mandate of prophetic calling on your life. And God's beginning to orchestrate that and craft it in the name of Jesus. There's some voices that should not be speaking to you. There's some people that you listen to. And some people that, honestly, I I don't know what that's about. But you shouldn't be taking in some information from them. And you need to be really strong, like in in this kind of teaching right here. This is where you're going to get that clarity. And I'm sure you know. But I just see God beginning to open up good treasure to you and good favor. And there's almost been an anxiousness on you for when, God? When's it going to actually break loose? And the Lord's saying, be still and know I am God. I'm going to break this through in my due timing. There's 14-month process you're still on. And in this 14 months, it will be well. And you're going to come to the other side of it. And it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. 
all is well in the kingdom. I have you in my hand. And this, um, this scenario that you're, you're about to break out of, God says, just, just trust me, trust me, trust me. It will surely come to pass. And the pain of the waiting and the pain of the in-between is going to be okay. You're going to be all right. God is with you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Gosh. You know what? I feel a spirit of no fear. I don't know how to say that over this, this, this congregation here, over this meeting. There's, there's people in this place, and there's going to be no fear here. There's, it's almost like there's a, an announcement coming that's going to be like a shot across your nation. I don't know what it means. I don't know what, what country it's coming from on the continent, but there's something happening. It's like a shot is going to come or there's going to be a shout, and it's almost going to be like a fear moment. And the Lord says, but not my people. There'll be no fear. Listen to me. After the shot goes across, after things begin to happen in that season, in that time, when the, the, the fear statement is put out, listen to me. The body of Christ, the strength of God, it'll be like a mirage, and then strength will come. There's a mirage announcement. It's almost like an, a, a mirage announcement is going to be released. And the Lord showed me this too. I was riding with Pastor Tafara. The Lord began to speak to me and said clearly, said, I'm raising up a warrior on this continent. I'm raising up a warrior on this nation. And I said, I, I began to ask her, I said, does this mean a president? What is it? And it felt a lot like America's president only stepping into an African a setting, standing with authority. God is raising up a warrior that I believe, I believe is going to do good things for you. I believe it. I was in Brazil a few years ago and I said, you're getting another president here. God's changing your presidency. He's going to give you a warrior. He's going to give you, um, you know, and I don't know if this is positive or negative for people, but he's going to give you the form of what America has with a Trump. And, and it happened in, in Brazil. And I believe something is coming here. The Lord has an anointing in the nations to raise up generals and warriors that will lead their people out of bondage. It's coming. It's coming. Thank you, Jesus. TV networks are going to explode all over this nation. Pastor Tafara and Chipo, I don't know how to say this. This is wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know when or how, but I see you guys owning a TV network. I see it. I see the Spirit of the Lord doing this, and the Lord says, I will take... Wow. Stretch your hands towards your pastors right now in the name of Jesus. I've raised you up in church, and yes, church will be the thing you do. But you will be a pastor to this continent, not even just this nation, this continent. And you will be a pastor to other continents, because I have not marked you as just a pastor. I have marked you as an apostle of God. And the apostle will stand up and declare and decree and make a way. You are an apostolic. You are an apostle of media. And it's going to rise up, and the Lord will begin to declare and decree your message through media. And I see 
opportunity, things not happening, then suddenly working out, and then there's another avenue, and the Lord begins to show me that there will be a meeting, and there will be an opportunity the Holy Spirit arranges for you where you will begin to own a TV network. And you're going to do it, and there's going to be social media. It's going to, be, it's going to look different than it looks today, man of God. It's going to look very different than it looks today. And the Lord is saying, I will put this in your hand, for I have already found you faithful. Over the next years and seasons, the Lord's going to begin to remove things from the unfaithful and give it to the faithful, from the Saul's to the David's. Pastor Tafaro, it's coming. Your message will go forward. This is the smallest season of your ministry. When I see Pastor Tafaro and Pastor Chipo, these wonderful apostles of God, when I look at them, I see them. Like when I stand by him, I get excited every time. Because I mirror things. I feel things that are not in the present, but they are in the spirit. I see him standing in stadiums. I see him prophesying to nations through the word of God, through the, the media. I see their television program going. And sons and daughters all over the world calling them mama and papa. It's the deal. It's coming. Hang on to them, love them, but let them go do their mandate also. You are a part of this victory. Thank you, Jesus. There's so much more I want to say to you, but the Lord just says so clearly, you're like David, I took you from the sheepfold. Thank you, Jesus. And David sat before the Lord and said, what more can David say? Is this how God talks to to man? And God says, you want to build me a house? I'm going to build you a house. That's what God's going to do with you guys. You're... Thank you, Jesus. Sir, right here, uh, you have a T-shirt on. Um, trying to, yeah, you, yes. Uh, you literally have, um, I heard the Holy Spirit say, no more disappointment. No more disappointment. There's been literally like three, four, five disappointments that have happened, and the Lord's going to begin to set you free of disappointment, where you're going to actually have, where your hope is not deferred, and your heart kind of goes, Okay. The Lord is literally saying, I'm going to set you free of that, and I'm going to begin to fulfill the dreams I've put inside you. You're going to cross a line of faith where you literally say, my goodness, I'm on the other side of this, and now it's everything I never knew I wanted. God's going to give you everything you never even knew you wanted. He's going to break you forward. Thank you for not letting your heart get uh, hard in some areas and, and uh, go through the frustration of it. But instead, you stayed in peace with the Lord. You keep loving Jesus. You keep pressing in. God's going to literally promote and exalt some things in the name of Jesus. He's taking away some accusation. He's taking away some things where people said things. True or not true, God is redeeming the circumstance for you and going to break you out of it because the hand of God is on your life. And it shall be well. It shall be well in your house. It shall be well in your family. And the Lord says, I've heard your prayers and I know your heart and I will see you through it. It shall be well. There's a lot of information I could say here, but God's with you, sir. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If we knew how much God loved us, we wouldn't walk around like we got nothing. We'd walk in like, you know, what's up? right? We'd walk in like tall. We'd walk in strong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty is upon us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's going to come, you know, listen to me. The, this nation, Johannesburg and the surrounding areas and regions, and this nation we're in right now, listen, the Spirit of Jesus wants to raise up prophets out of Africa, wants to raise up a mighty army of prophetic voices, clear-eyed, clear-minded prophets of God, the real thing, where they stand up in humility and accuracy, but they come to serve and they come with boldness. And I believe God's going to do that. Thank you, Jesus. You guys are going to oversee a school of the prophets here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. Woman of God, excellent spirit on your life right here. Uh, excellent spirit. Yes, you, ma'am, back there. Uh, you're on the back. Yep, you, no, sorry, behind you, ma'am. Praise God. Hopefully get to minister to you in a little while, but back, back here. Praise God. The, the spirit of God's on you says excellent spirit. There's an excellent spirit on you. There's been joy. You've been watching what God's calling you to do. You've been serving. You do things. I see you humming and singing before the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm pleased by that. You, I give grace to you. I'm very pleased with what you're, you're doing before me. And it all shall be well in the kingdom. I see some things happening by way of an inheritance, so to speak, like some missing pieces from inheritance, that some things that could have been yours or should have been yours, God's going to literally repay you in your years to come. He's going to give you favor and give you great grace. It's going to be a good season in your family and your leg- legacy. It is well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This man here next to you, who's this man here? Yes. Praise God. I bless you in Jesus' name. The Lord says, I have put steel inside your back. I have put strength inside you. And I literally shake out discouragement from your heart. And God's bringing accuracy and clarity. I see something about a vehicle, God working out a process of a driving vehicle, something that's working for you. He's going to bring a change to that and give you ability to move forward and bring greater strength and greater peace. And the Lord's going to open that up for you to begin to go forward in Jesus' name. The Lord says, I'm going to give you a fresh set of wheels to do what you're called to do. I'm going to take you forward. I'm going to break you out of some things and even a mindset in Jesus' name. You have a lot to bring to the table, sir. And I bless you in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, you, you, uh, you being around strong men is going to be important for you. Not controlling men, strong men. And they're going to raise you up and it shall be well. Is this your church? It is? Awesome. Well, then you come from good stock. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you, sir, in Jesus' name. You have a, a mind for math. When I look at you, I see mathematics. I see numbers. I see putting those numbers into order. And the Lord's blessed you in that arena. And it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. God's going to begin to use that. Um, I don't know if you'd get into accounting or those kind of things, but God's going to use you in that, that arena, and it shall be well with you. Uh, putting, uh, making sense of numbers. So I bless you in Jesus' name. God is with you, sir. It is well. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. I like you, brother. Man, I like you. There's just some people you come around and you just like them. You like them, and, and just as, yeah, you, look, thank you, Jesus. Huh. God's doing a long-term thing through you, a long-term thing. 
He's establishing. He's putting things in order. Your legacy is amazing, what God's put into place. He's established a legacy already before you that you don't even fully realize or see yet. But he's purposed this legacy, and it's going to go the distance. And other people are going to live. This ministry is going to live because of your serving. This ministry is going to live because, yes, this... This ministry is going to live because you said, I seek first the kingdom of God, and I serve the man of God. And because of this, this ministry will live. The Lord says, I have I've weighed, I have tested, and I found you not lacking. I found you as the man of God. I found you as a man that's trustworthy, upright, able to carry the torch when pastor needs it done. You're God's man. And there will come a season, and the Lord will speak to pastor, and he will know what to do with the mantle that you will carry in the, in the days to come. There's going to come much responsibility, much assignment, much, much, much will be put on your shoulders. And in this season right now, you're doing the difficult, you're doing the easy, you're doing what God called you to do, but God will do the impossible, because I know where your heart lies, I know what I've called you to do. And the Lord says, as Moses goes up and ascends the mountain with this calling, Joshua will take the reins of many things, and it shall be well in due season, and as God speaks to pastor, it shall be well. But in between now and that time, the Lord says, I'm watching your heart. I'm watching a man after my heart. And I'm watching a man that is in the right place at the right time, serving the right vision. Amen. Amen. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What is that? Analytical thought. Analytical you. Analytical thought right there. Man of God, you have a lot of analytical thought. You're filled with it. And you, you're very, um, sometimes uh, we have a saying that goes like this, you can analyze till you paralyze. And, but it, it's a gift also because, you know, the negatives are is that you can overprocess things and every word, everything. Because even when I was giving him a word, I felt you in here. Uh, I was like, where is that coming from? Oh, it's this gentleman. And, and the truth is that God works through that process, but it's also a gift. It's a gift of administration. It's a gift to put things in order. It's a gift to not miss details. It's a gift to see things. It's a gift that when it teaches, it's accurate. And you're so accurate in your heart. And the Lord put that gift inside you. You won't let people have blind spots because you're able to see between the, the lines and the cracks and go, I know you like, all you visionaries, I know you like this, but here's the deal. You miss that. You know, it's like a kite takes off and there's no string. Oh, great, you know. But, that's, <laughs> but you help the string be intact. Now, you have vision inside you. You have things to do. God's called you, but you also have a lot of analytical process. Don't let that run away with you because it will limit you also in your vision, and it will limit other visions. Learn to work with vision. Learn to work with visionaries. And the more you do that and don't judge because you're highly intelligent, and it's not a negative thing. It's easy when you're highly intelligent. Maybe we'll teach in this out of, out of Acts how Paul had to sit with those young teachers in the Bible. Uh, it says that they're all listed together, and there's Paul, who's the only trained one with them, but he's sitting in church like, okay, I'll get to that sometime. But this is, this is where you're at sometimes. You're so smart and so intelligent that you can almost get critical. You can. But God's with you, man. You're awesome. And the truth is, is you're going to begin to break people out. You're going to break people free. You will see between the lines. If you can learn to overcome incompetence, when you look at other people's incompetence, if you can overlook that, and you can truly be the man of God for people, they're going to win. They're going to win. And you have such a heart, man. You're awesome. I really like you. Brother, I don't know you, but I like you. 
I like who you are. I really do. I like the strength inside you. I saw something that you lost, and it was like it fell away from you, and it, it was unfair, and it was unjust, and, it, and almost like it's family. And some of these things were peeled away from you, and it was supposed to come to you, and some things were supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. And I see this disappointment, as we said earlier, like a, like a disappointment that, that did not manifest like it should. And the Lord says, I have not forgotten. <laughs> and I know, and I will not leave you. And I will bring you all the way to your destination. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because you didn't back up. I need you. I hear the Holy Spirit saying this so clearly. I need you. I have need of you. I want to bring you into all these things. And the Lord, the enemy tried to take you out, tried to hurt you, and family did not fulfill what they're supposed to. And the Lord says, but I'm proud of you. And I'm going to bring you all the way into the fullness of what belongs for you. I love you, son. I'm proud of you. You're a fighter. And people have not understood you even when you were a boy. And it wasn't fair. But I see and I know. And I'm going to bring you forward till you win. And you're going to be a great father. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When you begin to feel things inside people, it affects you like it's your emotion, you know? <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is gracious to us, isn't he? He loves us so much. He loves us so much. I saw you fumbling. I'm going to come back to you for a second. I apologize. I, I saw you fumbling with car keys. I saw you looking for something, and there was like a crisis moment. And the Lord says, I'm going to redeem the crisis moment. I saw car keys, and like, what am I, what am I going to do? And the Lord says, don't, oh. I'm sorry. I, the Lord says, I know you, and I'm going to take good care of you. And the crisis moments and the things that happen, some of the things we hold on the inside, it's a defense mechanism when we are really analyzing things. What's the purpose of this? Why is it really happening? What's going on? That's where it comes from. And the Lord says, I'm going to heal that. I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh for people. And it's going to be well, brother. And uh, the crisis, you don't have to live in crisis anymore. It's going to be okay. I love you. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God is so good to us. You have to forgive me. Sometimes when I minister and you begin to feel people's emotion, it takes me a second to get out of that. God's good. Thank you, Jesus. God's so good to us. If we knew how much Jesus loved us, the boldness we would have with people. I was flying with a kid on the airplane um, and uh, sat next to him. He's like, so what do you do? I said, ah, tell me what you do first. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, he's like, oh, I do this. I work in this department and that department. I'm working for governments. And I said, yeah. He's like, so what do you do? He said, you have staff with you? And I said, yeah, Jason's here and some people. And, you know, and I do things. And he's like, so what, what do you do? I said, well, I, you know, I'm tempted to say I'm a motivational speaker, you know. And, and I said, well, actually, um, uh, God speaks to me, and I meet with leaders and tell them what God's telling them. And he's like, and, uh, 
And it's just funny. Like, I don't do good. Like, I try to do evangelism, Pastor Tafara. People talk about prophetic evangelism. So, like, I'll pull up to a drive-thru, you know, where you get food out of the window. And I'm, I'm there, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I, I see people's lives. And people are like, if you're a prophetic, you should just be sharing with everybody. I tried that for a season. And I'd pull up, and this guy one time brought a sandwich out. I said, hey, by the way, your sister is in her second year of college, and it's going to be okay with her. And, th- and I started breaking it down. And she's studying a business administration degree, and it's going to be great. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. And I said, and that boyfriend she just broke up with, it's going to be okay. And she's doing that. He's like, oh, I know, man. He was so terrible. I said, yeah. And, uh, and we're going through this. And all of a sudden, he's like, so do you know my sister? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know? and, then, uh, and, and then he's like, uh, uh, move along, please. Oh, my gosh. You know? and, and I'm like, Jesus, aren't we supposed to lead them to Jesus this way? You know? um, a number of years ago, though, I, uh, I have had a lot of encounters. For whatever reason, I've had a lot of encounters with the people of Islam. And I love them. I love them. And I, one time I was ministering to these, these people. I was at a gas station and getting petrol. And I, I went inside and I began to have a discussion with them about the Bible versus the Koran, right? There's these two guys and we're going back and forth. And, you know, I can really argue from logical standpoints and all that. And all of a sudden, we, I realized Heather had been waiting in the car, and it had been about an hour and a half that I'd been discussing with these guys. I'm going back and forth with them. And finally, we, we ended up going outside, and they're, they're talking to me, and we got all the way down to it where they said, hey, if you're, um, you know, uh, they said, true or not true, if your Bible is true, if we don't believe in your Jesus, we go to hell. True or not true? And I said, that's true. And I said, true or not true? Your book says, if, you, if I don't believe like you, you're supposed to kill me. True or not true? And they were like, it is true. Right? <laughs> and, and so I was, like, I was like, ah, you know. And so, so we really came to an understanding. You know? And so we're in this parking lot now. We stood outside for a little while. And as we're out there, I'm just loving these guys. And they're staring at me trying to figure out why I'm talking to them so long. And logical argument didn't really get anywhere. But finally, what got us there is the word of the Lord came to me. And I had an open vision about their life. Because I asked them, I said, when you pray, what does your God say to you? What does your God say to you? What does your God say to you? And they kept saying to me back, they kept saying, he does not say. We pray, we are very devout. He does not say. And finally, they said, when you pray, what does your God say to you? And I looked at him and said, When I pray to Jesus, he talks to me all the time. And as a matter of fact, he's talking to me about you right now. And then I had an open vision of one of the guy's lives. And I saw him in his his, uh, kitchen back where he was from and and, uh, preparing food and his favorite meal. The Lord showed me his favorite meal. And then the Lord showed me uh, the blueprints and he was studying to be an engineer and why he came uh, to the United States when I met with him. And all these things were happening. And when I was done, he finally just freaked out. Like, he pushed the guy next to him. He's like, you are scaring my friend, you know, and, and he pushed this guy. And all of a sudden, they had an encounter with Jesus because of the word of God. And God brings me in front of many different people like that, uh, leaders of nations, parliament, uh, you know, governors, ambassadors. I was with an ambassador to a, 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 just recently, just had dinner with him and led his son to Jesus. And they didn't believe in Jesus led his son to Jesus, and he was an ambassador to another nation that our president had put him on. And we meet with a lot of these people, and what everybody wants to know is what is God really saying? If God's really speaking, will he speak to me? And I believe it's going to be important that we begin to be empowered to hear the voice of God and be voices of God to this world. 
And that's the hallmark of my ministry, and that's what God's called us to do. So praise God. So look at somebody next to you and say, you're called to be a voice of God to this world. Comfort, edification, exhortation to this world. Show them Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know every time you speak, the voice of God's coming out of you? God wants you to live, move, and have your being. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, buddy. Thank you, Lord. I was uh, at Karis Bible College, and, one, uh, and somebody's child ran up and jumped up, and, and I picked him up while I was preaching. And then the dad, one of my assistants, came up and got the child. And as I did that, I put the child down, and a, a technician came up to the other side to fix a speaker, and I ran over to him like I was going to pick him up, and the audience liked that. But anyway, oh, anyway, praise God. God's good. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have a lot of good meetings here this week. We're going to do a lot of teaching. We're going to get into the Word of God. We're going to minister to a lot of people. Okay, I came here to go to work for you. I came here to stand with you. I believe God's going to do some mighty things in this nation, in this city, in this church. And God's working at a great capacity. I see this church multiplying, multiple campuses, going everywhere, beginning to explode, beginning to just be uh, develop all over the world. And God's called you to do it. This is an apostolic ministry. It's an apostolic ministry. You're going to have prophets in here, but it's an apostolic ministry. Did you know that there's in-house prophets, there's citywide prophets, there's regional prophets, there's national prophets, there's international prophets. There's different levels to prophetic mantles. Some prophets only have a responsibility in their local church. That's it. That's all. That's wonderful. And they have an assignment to that body. Some prophets have an assignment that reaches all the way to the globe. And that's, that's what God's called us to do. And if you have an international prophetic gift, that's what God's called me to do, that means I raise up other prophets. I raise up voices. Teach them how to wield their gifting and not be weird, but to be intelligent, have people skills, love on people, and actually bring the Word of God to, <laughs> actually bring the word of God to them. Nothing like a good, weird prophet. How many of you ever been, any ladies in here ever been hit on by a weird prophet? Yeah? I believe you're going to be my wife. <laughs> You get some of that weirdness going on, you know? You know, they're just kind of like, they put a little shake to it, you know, right? Right? They look at it, they're like, you know, you are my wife. God told me. Well, you know what? You need to say to them, God didn't tell me. Matter of fact, you'd be like, talk to the hand, right? That's what you got to do. Praise God. Can't tell you how many goofy people have had that go on. It's like, you know, they come up and they're like, God told me that you're my wife. You know, don't, don't do that. You do that, you need to say, I bind you, Lucifer. Bind you. (laughs) Yeah, praise God. Man, oh my goodness. So many weird things we do in the name of Jesus. And gee, I was in a meeting one time, and there was, there was in prophetic meetings, pastor. I was watching these guys. There's some guys in the back of the room, and these guys are coming in America. I don't know how it is in some of the services you experience, but people come, and they show up in pajamas sometimes, and they're dancing, or they'll be, like, in jeans with glitter on them. And, and I'm like, what is that? You know, like, people are dancing around because it's a prophetic meeting, which means be weird. And so people are dancing around. And at one time, I'm in a meeting, Pastor Tafara. I look to the back of the meeting, and I'm standing on the platform, And I'm watching these people dance with banners, which I think is wonderful when it's done right. Amen. I love pageantry. I love it when people are expressing it, but not when it's just really, really weird. 
and uh, they're in pajamas, and they're running around with blankets and, you know, dresses, and I'm like, what is happening? And there's men, you know, with jeans full of glitter, and I'm like, you know, okay. And so they're, they're dancing around, and I said to the Holy Ghost on stage, I said, Holy Ghost? I was like, um, what's that all about back there? And the Holy Ghost said to me, I don't know. I don't know, Joseph. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, right on. So <laughs> I don't even know God has a good sense of humor. He does. Oh, praise Jesus. Well, thank you, Lord. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. <laughs>